0: Welcome to our special launch interview series, where Paul and I interview successful online entrepreneurs about their launches. In this interview, we speak to Emily Reagan. Emily started off with a corporate career in PR before she shifted into the online space. Once she shifted in the online space, she launched her first course and she ended up with 60 new buyers. From there, she implemented new strategies to build a list of buyers and now has six-figure launches. Emily's really excited to share some of the things she did to improve her launches, and we know you're going to be excited too to listen. So let's head over to the interview and listen to Emily's story.
1: Emily, thank you so much for coming on today. We're super excited. Now, I know a lot about you because of interacting within certain circles that we're both in. I know Melissa is going to have a lot of probably questions to learn more about you today, but thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to, to come on here with us today.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm actually missing out on beach time to do this, but I'm so excited to talk about launching and I'm pleased to be here. So thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome.
0: So before we dive into all the things launching, can you tell us a little bit about your business, what you do, who you serve? We'd love to just kind of get, let, let our audience know a little bit about some of those basics.
2: Yeah. I'll make a long story short. I'm a military spouse with a crazy chaotic resume. And I finally found my sweet spot freelancing. I was able to take my PR skills, my journalism background, and I started doing marketing work behind the scenes for freelance clients. And I helped them grow their business. And As that went along, I got booked out and I started building an agency, which I did not actually love running. That all happened a year my husband deployed and it was too much. I was doing too much people management. And I just thought, what if I took these trainings that I've already done for my team and I turn it into a course? And so I was already building this course. I was booked out. I started, you know, grabbing any military spouse friend I had, a stay at home mom friend who was like me, over educated, underemployed, and started helping them work online. And so I started my unicorn digital marketing assistant course. It's so much more than being a VA, but it's really a chance for women to work on their own terms during school hours and use their brain. And it's been very successful and I've had a lot of fun putting to practice what I've done for clients for myself, which is always a little bit scary. And so, yeah, I just had my second, I had to go through a little bit of a rebrand, but I had my second launch Last year was six figures. And so I finally hit that mark and we have another launch coming up and I, yeah, I just love what I do. I love helping people.
1: And I love that. I'm glad you, you had to start off at that because we, we currently, we're going to be location independent pretty soon, but we currently live in the state of Delaware and the Dover Air Force Base is very big Mm -hmm. in, in our area. And we've had friends for many years that we've met and have come and gone and the, the trailing spouse or the spouse, you know, it's like no matter what business or what industry or career path that they were in before, it's like they, they start over at zero all over again, you zero. know, like completely zero. And that's like relationships, because at least the, the spouse that's actually like in the military, they they kind of know some people, they know the routine, they'll get in circles very quickly but that other person really isolated. So I, I just really love and commend like what you're doing. You had it happen to you yourself. And then mm-hmm. you saw the perspective and the opportunity and for you to initially, before you even went online to help out like people in general that you pulled in other spouses that you're like, Hey, this is a, th- this is a career path. That's like not location and you know dependent, mm-hmm. you know, cause I used to be in photography and we'd have photography friends, like new friends come into the area. And they're like, oh, I got to start all over again. Like I had all my clientele back at the old place. I had Mm -hmm. all my relationships. It took me years. I was finally there. And then suddenly I got uprooted again. And now I'm here like starting at complete zero. You know, like their pricing was up here. Everything was up here. And like they had to like go back at zero again and like work their way up doing free photo shoots and things like that. So just um, to build
2: your reputation because nobody knows who you are. I even had a boss tell me he knew he could get me for cheap. Because no one else would value my skill set. And I always had that ceiling cap. And he meant that in a nice way, but it didn't quite come across that. (laughs) Like he saw my value, but yeah, starting over. And it's not always about frolicking on the beaches of Bali. I would love that lifestyle. But right now it's just being able to bring my clients with me, you know, every one, two, three years if I'm lucky. So it's been such a game changer for me.
1: So you're a professional in like PR, then you, in a way, reinvent it yourself by coming in and like creating a course that can help other people, you know, and like that's such a career shift. That's like a opportunity shift and everything. If we rewound back, because now you have the six-figure launches, now you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe your sites are, you know, you're at a different beach right now, but maybe that right. Bali beach, you know, <laughs> environment is in, in the future, you know, <laughs> but it's like if we rewound back and we're like, oh, you know, let's go back to that moment of vulnerability when you launched your first course. know? Oh my God. uh, Yeah. How was that for you?
2: I have this like gift of just like diving in and not knowing things and being okay with that. But a big aha moment came with me when I was working with my big client. I'd been with her six years and we closed the cart for her membership and she made a million dollars. And I just stayed up very late doing all of the work. And I just thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I was such a grouchy mom the next day. So I kind of had this slip, like, hey, maybe I could do this. Like I'm sitting on all of the marketing implementation and techie skills. Maybe I could do that. And I remember thinking no, you could never do that. Like you could never be the face. Yeah. I told you I did PR. I did broadcast journalism, but I was always the girl behind the camera. I would bring the board directors for sound bites Whenever I could, I would send somebody else to the studio. I mean, I would do it if I had to, but I never envisioned my face being the front of my business. I was always, you know, the girl behind the scenes. And so I watched my client just really do well. And she's well-known in our industry. And I just thought I could never have this audience she did, but I just like ignorantly started because my vision of what I wanted, not being the grouchy mom, wanting more time, freedom. Another little piece of that story is my husband was going through some PTSD and mental illness. And I was wondering, you know, what was going to happen. And I needed to look out for myself. I didn't know would he make 20 years, could we have our military retirement? Mm -hmm. I also knew I didn't want to go down the street and get a job at Capital One. Like I did not want that ever again. And so I just decided to fight for it and step out there, put myself out there, be awkward, you know. I started by doing these trainings I talked about for my own agency, but eventually I was just tapped out and I thought, you know what? People are going to have to just trust me and learn from me. And so that first first course I did, it was awkward, it was messy. The tech trainings were not as great as they are now. Like everything has just evolved and now I am 4 years into that business. And I just hope people realize like it does take time, but it really took the tenacity of me just wanting a better life for myself and for my kids. Mm -hmm.
0: So with that launch, I mean, that's really cool that, like you said, you have the vision. You didn't, you just, you just jumped in because a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people, that's the the first thing is just jumping in, diving in with mm-hmm. that particular launch. How did it go? What can you give us some idea of like yes. some results from that first launch and, and how you felt mm-hmm. in that process, even with the messiness?
2: Yeah. I like to do things really quickly and I already launched, I already had the course kind of built. And so I had an email list of only 60 people. 10 of them were probably family members. I had a small Facebook group I had started, and I did a very stupid low beta. Mm-hmm. And looking back, you don't always get the high quality people when your price is too low. There's a whole you know price perception thing. But all it took for me was a couple winners to prove the model, to have success. I actually ended up selling 20. I priced my course at $97, which was stupid. And then I gave a coupon on top of that. So $67, my signature course is now 3,000. Like it's entire business in a box, right? And so I made $1,200. I was thrilled. I had just paid for Kajabi for the year. I knew that like I had proven the model. I covered that main expense and I could do it again. And so I just kept rinse and repeating. By then I signed up for Digital Course Academy at the 11th hour because I knew I needed to know how to launch with a launch event, which was a weak point of mine. And so I learned webinars from Amy Porterfield's course. And every time I just increased that price, I got tighter with my webinars, tighter with my messaging, and now we're at this point where the course, like I said, is 3,000, but it took time.
1: Yeah, Yeah. thank you for sharing that, because I (laughs) I think a lot of people see, like, the the front of house for a lot of us, and they see, like, our further standpoint and our journeys, and, like, wow, like, I can never do that. They see our offers, mm-hmm. they see your offers, they see your price point, our price points. And they're like, oh my goodness, but they don't realize. Cause I, even for us back in like 2015, like our first membership, we were doing courses already at that time. And even our courses, we were selling for like $297. $297. Uh, oh, yeah. We were really insecure. They did, they did well. They, <laughs> you know, they, they did decent, but we had two people buy into our first membership and it was $97 for an entire year. So that's eight dollars. Like it's a little over eight dollars <laughs> a month. That these individuals got, and um but I'm glad because people just see a snapshot of like how like how you're doing now. They see a snapshot like how we're doing now, and they don't realize. So thank you for sharing that because it, it is the resilience, it is the tenacity, as mm-hmm. you were saying. You know, it's those iterations that you did over and over and over again. Now, if we did snapshot go back and go back to that first time, like four years ago, and going through like in Melissa and you, you just shared, you know, as far as how things were then. If we compared it to like how you launched then and the iterations and the things you learned along the way, like how is there certain checkpoints of like you said, you tighten up the webinar and other elements. But is there certain things that were like epiphany moments that kind of evolved you from then till now?
2: Yeah, great question. I think at the beginning, I think with any new business owner, you're figuring out your voice. I was so new to speaking and having this vision and it took time for me to evolve that. And it took time for me to step away from this VA title. Everyone called me a VA. I'm like, I've never been a VA. And so I had to go through this whole messy process of trademarking unicorn digital marketing assistant and going through the, who is this? What is this? What are we actually doing here? How am I different? And so that's like a whole conversation about marketing and messaging, but that's going on in the background. But as I got tighter in my messaging, my content got better. Mm. And it got dialed down. And so my big aha moment to answer your question is that pre-launch plan. Before it was just like posting to post, stay on top of it. Like I was still juggling clients this whole time. Clients are paying my bills in my overhead. So when my pre-launch plan got more dialed in, I was able to knock out those buyer objections ahead of time. I was able to create content that made people believe in themselves, believe that my you know product is the solution. My last launch that I did you know, the way the market is now, the way my person is now, they don't just see a course and just buy it and spend $3,000. I'm talking to a lot of frugal stay at home moms who are very apprehensive about investing in themselves. So I I've added things. I, you know, I took that first Amy Porterfield webinar template and I just like added, it's not even hers anymore. Right. It's not mm-hmm. even hers, but like, I have a whole second webinar I do at the beginning of my free launch. That's very educational and I call it an info session. I just give people time to buy, time to make a decision. So to answer your question, it's gotten much more complicated, but it's in a fun way with the moving parts. And I love that, but it's not just Emily, like whipping out some emails and saying, Hey, buy this. So it's much more strategic and intentional. Yeah. I love that. It's complicated, but not
0: really. It's it's intentional because that messaging mm-hmm. is so important. That's that whatever messaging you put out, that's who you're going to attract. And it's super aligned, which I mean, it sounds like you really made that effort to make that alignment with it.
2: Yeah, because it's easy. I think the newspaper editor and me has no problem, like pulling out stories and like talking about things. And so I had to get very, very smart about what I actually hit publish on. Yeah. So you've done a couple launches
0: now with the knowledge and experience that you've had. If for anyone that that's new to this world,
2: what other advice would you give them for going into a launch? Ooh, that's good. Definitely not adding too much at once. You know, we talked about the evolution and there's a reason that it was so simple at the beginning. And if you add, it's just like an experiment. If you add too many variables, you won't know what actually worked, right? So I also really think being able to rinse and repeat your marketing assets, it's just so much work. I mean, I'm looking at, I'm doing a new webinar, a different webinar, this next launch. And I'm like, great. Now I got to rewrite the show of sequences. Like it's, there's just so many like little moving parts on there. You have to think through. And so whatever you can rinse and repeat and keep easy on your team, especially because your team, your team can get burned out trying to you know launch a whole bunch of times too. So I think that's it. I feel like I could talk so many different directions on this. Like if you want to keep going, let me know, but I One of the mistakes I made in the past was I built an email list at the beginning of non-buyers. I had a huge list, but they Mm. weren't actually taking action. And I had to go through that pain. And that was all part of that messaging journey. And I had to really scrub my list and start over and pay attention to how I used words and how I called people and little things like saying free didn't attract my ideal person. There's a lot of VA coaches I'm competing with too. So I had to be very specific and like, just like the littlest things that I did. And I've tried to rebuild my email list and I'm constantly scrubbing it and trying to be okay with like letting those people who decide this is not for them to just move on.
1: I love that. There's so much to unpack in the last couple of questions. It's just that beyond the resiliency, it's just like, Cause it, I was a little afraid cause you're like, you know what? My launches are really complicated now. And, and it's like, well, that's going to scare a lot of people, you know, <laughs> And but it's like, but it, you, originally you had 60 people and you know, out of them probably half of them you knew on a personal level and that didn't stop you. And it wasn't the price point that you wanted to land on at the end, but each iteration it's like, in a way I, I always tell people like, we needed the iPhone one that didn't even have a camera in it in order to have like the current version, you know? And a lot of us don't think, you know, it, in the corporate world, minimal viable product is, is very common. Like what is the minimum to get the thing out into the market? And then you just slowly improve and add things. So I do appreciate you saying that it's just slowly because what you think, or what what some people would see is like more complex or complicated. Now, really you're just tweaking little knobs, you know, like, Oh, I got to do this. And, but from the time that you had the 60 people and some of them magically, thankfully, you know, some of them were buyers, like a good percentage. Right. But then along the way, when you didn't have that messaging and things were kind of all over the place and you're attracting the wrong people, like your list probably got bigger, but it was just wasn't converting as well to now you're coming full circle and really fine tuning it. Like if somebody was just starting to build their list, like to go into launch, is there any advice or strategies that you have to like attract that buyer list versus those freebie seekers, like any little ninja thing that you have?
2: Yeah. I'm actually going to answer a little bit differently. Yeah, This is what came out for me is I wish I had been using UTM links from the beginning. Oh, yeah. I wish I had been tracking on a granular level, what was actually bringing in the buyers? Because if you, you use this UTM link, it will show you which email converted, what social posts you converted, what blog is converting. And at the beginning, I was just like making so much content. I was so good with that part, right? But then what is actually bringing in the buyers? And that would be my biggest piece for anyone starting new and now. So, yeah, your email list, the people are coming. like I'm very omnipresent. People are coming from different directions, but knowing which ones are the converting buyers and the serious buyers who take action. So that would probably be the big tip there. And then when it comes to actually growing your email list, goodness, I feel like I mean, the magic answer is Facebook ads, right? Like the the answer is put, put the money in and let it do the heavy lifting for you. I've always been running ads, not like super high budget, but even when I'm not launching, I have my thousand dollar ad spend. My list building ad is going and that just makes it so much easier. Cause I mean, no offense. I can be on a podcast and then get like nine new subscribers. Like I don't do podcasts to grow my list. Like that hardly works. Like I'll go into mixers. Like I'm very like networky military spouse in me is good at that, but that doesn't grow my list. You know, and my, my audience is so target and specific that email swaps, you know, don't aren't always the best fit for me either. Summits, I'm in a bunch of summits this summer. Those aren't growing my list. So, oh my God, I hope I don't sound negative, but like, I just yeah. love ads. I love ads. And another thing that I do really well is SEO. I have a lot of content and I bring in thousands of page views every month through my, just my blogs, my good old fashioned blogs.
1: Love it. Well, I think it's great because in a very quick period there, what you're saying is that you pretty much have tested a lot of things to then figure out what really works. Because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people have blinders on and they don't mm-hmm. properly track and like I look at it like UTMs is like the new version of tracking these days and I'll circle back because not everybody might understand what a UTM is but like back when I had my real estate company many years ago, we, and this is this was years ago before like everything was all on the internet, you know, people would call off of signs, they would call off of newspapers, they would call off of homes, magazines as well as the internet. But what we did is internally, I had an office admin, I had eight offices and instead of an agent answering because they would never track for us, we had have an office administrator answer. And when somebody called about a house, there would always be a four digit number that was associated to the house. But what it was, there's actually a fifth digit. And that fifth digit was our internal tracking. So if it had an N in front of it, we know that it came from the newspaper. If it had an S in front of it, it came from the sign. Back then the internet we said World Wide Web. So it had a W in front of it if they saw the. So without us even asking how did you you know how did you find this house? Depending on what source that they came, we had a tracking behind the scenes. Because a lot of us are spending money and spending time, energy, and effort in spaces. We don't know that's really, it might be the popular place, but it's not actually converting to an actual buyer mm-hmm. as you are mm-hmm. referencing. Like it could get you a lot of leads, but maybe it's low quality leads. Yes. And UTM, I could be wrong, but it's either universal text markup or something. I'm not so- sure. You yeah, know this. <laughs> it a, yeah, but it is a, a tracking mechanism from Google that's used in Google Analytics that allows people to see the through line as far as. If you ever see the the little question mark at the end of a URL and it says UTM equals and it'll have some tracking elements, but then we can see did this come? Does this person click from an ad, from your email? It's just a little bit extra code that you can put on the back end of your of your links so that you actually know like how's this person traveling through your universe, so you know what actually resulted in the initial lead and then how did they convert into a sale? So that's great that that you're at that stage. Not everybody's going to be as advanced. Yeah. I geek out on that, but not everybody's <laughs> going to be that that advanced right out the gate.
2: Bitly. Bitly is a good option too. If you're, yeah. if you're not doing anything that people will probably understand what that is too. And I feel like the word urchin, isn't urchin in that? Like for UTM, I don't know. It's the weirdest acronym I can never remember.
1: Yeah. I'm horrible with all the <laughs> acronym. <I, laughs> That's just like you. That's why we outsource and, and we get the team to do the things because they can yeah. be smarter. at, the, at <laughs> yeah, technical yeah. Elements. Smart. Um, I know who to outsource it to. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so you've given so much advice on some of the things that you did to grow and building your list and testing and looking back at like when you first started and just kind of where you came from to where you are now, if you were to go back in time and give advice to
2: the person that first started to where you are now, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, such a hard question. I mean, I really have to think about that, but I think I would just tell her to double down in learning launch events. Mm -hmm. I think launch events are really, I know because I've tried to do evergreen. We need, our buyers need a sense of urgency. They need a reason to buy now. They need doors closing. I mean, I witnessed that with my client when she made her million. It was when we closed her membership and kept it from being always open And I would just double down in the skills that give me launch events. And I did that over time, but I think I also was a little naive thinking, oh, I'm smart. I'm doing it. People will just buy from me. And it just doesn't quite work like that. You need to be able to convert people. And I have worked with over a hundred clients behind the scenes. I've seen a lot of people build courses that never sell because they don't do that either. And so that's why I took Amy's program. Like I knew me being in front of the camera would be like one of the scariest things ever. And so selling on a camera, but actually webinars are really fun. When you show up as yourself, you teach what you know, you use a framework that works and it's not that big a deal. So I would just speed up all of that learning process.
1: I'm glad again, coming back full circle on this because that behind the scenes person that years ago was in PR, so knows all the things, but really was always behind the camera and not the, the front facing to, to see like in the last four years, your own personal transformation, coming to person like, yeah, I'm excited about webinars. I can't wait. I'm going to Tweak this uh, who, out, you know. Who is it's this like, girl?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, whoa, do I even recognize you? Know? But I think that hopefully helps others that may maybe listening or watching that all these marketing things you might not self-identify with all these things initially. And it's just again getting out there, taking that small incremental risk and just learning something new is that suddenly four years later, you're talking about UTMs and all kinds of other, you know, crazy language things that you didn't even know before. Now you're looking at a different reality, you know, different possibility. You went from that spouse that was getting up and lifting, you know, every time military things are happening to now having six figure launches, hanging out at the beach, you know, <laughs> that we're taking you from right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's it just not, also- Bali. <laughs> yeah. not, not, not Bali. Not yet. Not yet. Not, not yet, yet. Not yet. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So coming back to that starting over as well too, again, with all the things that you've tested and known along the way, if we were kind of to empty out your bank account and, (laughs) and you only had $500 to market yourself, how would you use that to market your business?
2: I know we talked all about ads in marketing terms here, but you can have a successful business if you have the right offer. Right. You've built the right offer and you lean into relationships. Like, and those are free. <clears throat> and those are free. If you invest in the right people, if you do affiliates, if you go to the JV partnerships that are happening right now, affiliates, your relationships will get you far. I mean, I launched to an email list of 60 and had one third buy. And that is because most of the people, like you said, Paul, were people who actually knew me in person mm-hmm. and trusted me. And so you don't have to have these heavy marketing marketing mechanics, mechanisms happening, machines happening in the background doing all the work. It doesn't all have to be automated. Like it's the one-to-one connections that really will get somebody to trust and buy.
1: So I have a totally different question. Yeah, that's okay. Is yeah. that because you have a PR background you, and I want to leverage this because Mm. You know, you went from, again, understanding, you know, like basically human psychology, perception, positioning, branding in a way. And then you went into the market where people suddenly saw you because you clarified this earlier on. You said, I'm not a VA. I'm not a VA. But suddenly they saw you in a moment as a VA where they and indirectly they didn't mean to, but they were kind of lowering the status a little bit. And, and then you flip the script and and like you're helping people behind the scenes do seven figure launches. And then you're going like, OK, because it, Melissa audibly was like, wow, you know, when you said that. But then you immediately followed up and you're kind of like, yeah, like that person has a seven figure launch. I went home, you know, I went to bed like, oh, my gosh, I could have <laughs> done this for me, not somebody else. So then you went back and you in a way had to reinvent yourself, put yourself in front of the camera, go out there and actually put something out and. And you, in a way, from the PR marketing standpoint, re-raised your status again from a mm-hmm. PR standpoint. So somebody that might not be known as an expert, might not be known for a thing. Is there anything from like a branding or positioning? Because you, you did talk about like tuning in your messaging uh, yeah. itself. But I, I think you had your own evolution in the past four years, you know, going from that behind the scenes, helping other people be successful to like you coming out front. Is there any advice that you would give just purely, oh. you know, trying to leverage this PR angle that you have your work? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Great No one's asked me this before. Okay. I, I can tell you what worked for me was honing in on the specific job title and, you know, trademarking that being known for that. And so there, there is that angle of how are you unique and different? Like what's your competitive advantage and really leaning into that. I think the problem a lot of people do is they position themselves as that expert. It's the whole Donald Miller, like hero versus guide thing. It's like me, 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 me. And so I I come in as a practitioner, so I can kind of bridge that because I do the work, but I think what really helps here is people perceiving you as the authority and you as, you know, having all the knowledge and expertise is you do have to talk about yourself. You do. You just have to not do it in a way that's that's gross and icky and turns people off. And so one of the best ways to do that is let other people talk for you. Right. So that's when our social proof comes in, our case studies. And I have to say, I think I'll go back to those UTM links, which email actually converted for me. It was the one about Megan, a first grade teacher who had cancer, fought cancer, couldn't be back on her feet, needed to work online, found me. Boom, she's successful. She actually got hired by a seven figure business owner out the gate. It was like crazy. That email is what converted. And so, me positioning myself as the guide to help her and I, that that's really what does it. So me, there's that other story. I'm trying to like tie this into a better arc here, but me being comfortable, like shining the light on myself, like that's like the big change that's really happened. Like me being part of her journey and demonstrating how I was behind the scenes for her. Does that make
1: sense? I think a lot of us, we grow up, we, different values, belief systems. It's like, you don't shine a light on you. Who are you? How, how are you better than anybody else? You know? So I think some of us had some like limbing beliefs from like our childhood or Mm -hmm. being raised in certain ways. So when you come into this expert space, you know, and also going from like you purposely being behind the scenes versus like. Out front, I think a lot of people do naturally struggle with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I got it bad. I have a twin, so it's never been just about me. It's always like our, but you know, I can use that as my gift too, but it's really hard. But ultimately that is one of the main reasons people buy is because of you they want to learn from you. And so you have to find ways to demonstrate that. I think reels make it pretty easy. Mm -hmm. There's also ways to seed in what you've done in the past or the results you've gotten. And so I'm very strategic in emails. Like my friend calls it inline mentions, just like casually, like slipping that in there that, Oh, I do this and I've done that. And so just not like wasting an opportunity. Love that.
0: Emily, this has been awesome. You've been sharing so much of your journey and I know it's been super inspiring for people. Before we wrap things up, any last words of advice or anything you want to add about launching for anyone listening to this, any encouragement or tips, strategies that you just want to add that would, that would help them with their journeys?
2: Yeah. My biggest tip and encouragement is to stay consistent. I know it's hard for me to get in the gym every day. Like I'm the worst at that. It's hard for me to eat salads every day, but when it comes to my business, I think one of the, the, strengths I've brought to the table is that consistency and remembering like why I'm doing this. And even when I don't feel like it, and I'm not saying you have to post just to post, but you staying consistent in your messaging, showing up pretty regularly, hiring help to help you do that because it's just not sustainable as one person, but that's really the name of the game. And that's what people will trust. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, are still there saying the same results that you get, talking about your wins. Like people know they can trust you long-term because we're, they're getting, people get nervous about buying. And if you're, you know, flip-flopping all the time and not always on, like they notice that. I noticed that. And so staying consistent in your business, whatever that looks like for you and your content and your messaging, I think is really the key there too. Oh, amazing. I so, love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So how can people connect with you, follow you and just stay connected along and to learn a little bit more yeah. about what you do?
2: Well, you know me, I'm on all the platforms, <laughs> but I'm having the most fun. I have a podcast called Unicorns Unite. That's for marketing VAs, freelancers. And then over on Instagram, I'm having the most fun. I just decided to make Instagram my fun place. And you can find me at Emily Reagan PR. Awesome. Emily, this
0: has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and all the tips. And I know our listeners are going to love like just learning from you and soaking it all in. We really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with us. Thanks for having me. If you would like to work with us and our team to help you snap up more sales and incredible clients with a stellar marketing strategy that works, go to AdaptiveMembership.com and sign up for our waitlist. We have a limited number of spots in our exclusive program to set you up for success and take action. We're waiting for you at AdaptiveMembership.com.